This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium and Houston, Texas, here's Jerem Jordan and Spencer Linton. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Look at this. We're in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Yeah, we know the game's done here. It's in Houston. I'm Jerem Jordan by myself on the desk. What is this? What is this? I joked about a solo show at some point in the future, but I didn't know it was coming today. It is Friday, October 16th. I'm Jerem Jordan, actually alongside my best friend, a man who is interviewing for the GM job of the Houston Rockets in Houston on a game day, Spencerland. I have two items of business as the new general manager of the Houston Rockets. Jerem, first and foremost, I need to hire Jeff Van Gundy as my new coach. <laughs> Number two, I need to trade Russell Westbrook to whatever NBA team is willing to take him. Should be pretty simple, right? Trade him to the Jazz. Jazz fans love Russell Westbrook. Well, th- th- this, is a, this is a unique setup, man. Uh, first off, I've never hosted when you're on the show. We used to alternate back in the radio days. I'm the co-host, technically. But, yeah, you're in Houston, so we're, we're mixing it up a little bit. I love this. Yeah, man, you're running the show. Uh, That's it's uh, nice and warm there in Provo, I'm sure. It looks warm because it's sunshine behind you. Yeah, it's super, rainy in Houston. Yeah, but super good, warm. You know, uh-huh. The, the good news is the rain's going to clear out by the game tonight, but it will be a little bit cooler than expected. Yeah, it's 43 degrees, and we're in this icebox. You should see the crew, man. They're all bundled up. we got beanies and stuff. It's crazy. So this is going to be a fun show. We're going to interact a little differently on this one, but it's going to be awesome. So here's what's coming up on the show rundown. It's a game day. BYU in Houston. We'll preview the matchup. Uh, with the other voice of the Cougars, we'll get you prop picks as well. Which Cougar star is reportedly out for the game tonight and what that means for the BYU defense? Spencer tries to block Bracken Elbakri in one-on-one with the always entertaining senior defensive lineman. And uh, we know another men's hoops non-conference opponent. But first, today's headlines, Spencer. Game day on a Friday night leads us off, Jerem. The Battle of the Cougars. Tonight, BYU visiting Houston for the first time since 2013, kickoff set for 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 Mountain Time. If you're local and a BYU fan, you can be at the game, show up at 8.30. BYU enters tonight's showdown as a consensus five-point favorite, according to our friends in Las Vegas. Yeah, massive stage. We're going to talk about it coming up. Utah Valley men's basketball announces it is playing at BYU on November 28th. This marks the third non-conference game announcement so far. So... BYU keeping UVU. Will they keep Utah and Utah State on the schedule? I would hope so if you're going to keep that UVU game on there. you got to find a way to keep the Utes on the schedule for sure. How about Cougars in the NFL? Some notables to watch over the weekend. First and foremost, Fred Warner and the San Francisco 49ers at 2-3. and three, Struggling a bit. They take on the 4-1 Los Angeles Rams by the Bay. Sione Takitaki and the 4-1 Cleveland Browns. Yes, the 4-1 Cleveland Browns in a battle for first place against the Pittsburgh Steelers this Sunday. And in case you missed it, Green Bay Packers running back Jamal Williams was asked earlier this week, who's the better quarterback, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers? Tough to answer, right? Well, he said, I know that my quarterback knows what fourth down is. So some (laughs) outstanding shade from Jamal Williams as the Packers and Buccaneers look to renew their old divisional rivalry back in the day. Man, you can take shots at the goat. Used to not be able to make fun of Michael Jordan or Tom Brady, whoever now it's the crying meme with Jordan. It's Brady doesn't know fourth down. That's hilarious. 
And the BYU cross-country team is competing for the first time this fall in the Oklahoma State Invitational tomorrow. The men will run an 8K, women will run a 6K. Remember last season, the men won the Natty, and the women took second. So they are in action tomorrow. Good luck to the running coups. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Game day, baby. BYU at Houston, a battle of the Cougars. The BYU 2-0 all time, some dramatic, important wins in 2013 and 14. And now BYU 4-0 ranked 14th in the country. This is a massive opportunity for BYU on a national stage. BYU 4-0 for the first time since 2014 after uh, they took care of business here at home, right, against Houston and company. And 5-0 would be a first since 2008 in the quest for perfection. So in the pursuit of 5-0, Spencer, let's talk about the top five storylines going into this one. Number one, it's a, a BYU Friday night opportunity. Back in the radio days in 2013, we looked up what own the night was in Latin, and it was Nostris Nocturnus. So here we are again with BYU, top 15 team, an opportunity on ESPN against a good Houston team. Yeah, I really like that BYU's playing under the lights again. Whether it's Friday night or Saturday night, this season it's just felt like there was a different energy, a different buzz. Almost like BYU can naturally get more excited and more amped up to play when the lights are on. And Hey, some fans are going to be in the stands. Some BYU fans will be there. So the Friday night spotlight won't just be on national television. It'll be in front of actual human beings and not cardboard cutouts. (laughs) Zach Wilson maximized the spotlight the last time BYU played on Friday night against Louisiana Tech. And uh, I know you, of all people, can remember very well that after that game, that's when all the Heisman hype started for Zach Wilson. He started showing up on... These tweets from NFL draft experts as, oh, this could be like a first-day guy or a second-day guy. If Zach Wilson continues to do this with an increased Friday night spotlight, then there's no reason for the hype to stop. A lot of people are going to be watching the 14th-ranked Cougars tonight, and specifically Zach Wilson. So another opportunity to validate what BYU is against the best team that they have played to date, Jerem. Yeah, this is a big moment for BYU. Think about... Navy and what BYU did in that moment, and and it was all about margin. It was like, wow. Since then, BYU has won in games they should have won. BYU is a favorite, but it's by five points. This is another opportunity for BYU to make a statement and say, hey, yeah, we're legit, and we deserve a shot at the near six should BYU continue to be undefeated. So it's a big opportunity. It's a third non-Saturday game, by the way. Boise State made a living on this. In fact, they created their brand off of this idea. BYU, I think, is doing a nice job of being a partner with ESPN, yeah, we'll play on a Monday. Heck yeah, we'll play on a Friday. We'll play on a Friday. We're always going to play on another Friday on FS1 against Boise State. So that's good. Second road game, by the way. BYU's been sitting in this stadium for the past, what, month and a half? Uh, five weeks, right? Time to get back out on the road, prove themselves on the road. You mentioned it. Fans are going to be in the stands. BYU hasn't played in front of any fans this year. That's going to be different and fun. BYU fans actually get to see their team for the first time. We hope next week there are fans in here. We'll see. Uh, somewhat unfamiliar territory uh, in, in this situation in playing on the road again in front of fans. But I want to go to personnel here, Spencer. We Last Saturday, it was a big deal. Jake Oldroyd didn't play. James MP didn't play. Tristan Hodgson didn't play. Sione Fino, we're still waiting for him. Will we see these guys? Jake Oldroyd, that was a big deal. BYU went forward on fourth a little more aggressively. Didn't really kick any field goals, right? James MP and Tristan Hodge could be a big deal as well. So I'm interested to see, will these guys play tonight? And will they have a massive impact like we think they could? Yeah, so many unknowns really on both sides. Uh, 
Dana Holgerson, the head coach at Houston, said earlier this week, I've never experienced anything like what I'm dealing with right now in my coaching career. 15 to 20 guys. 15 to 20 guys in and out of practice. He doesn't know who's going to show up. They did say that none of those 15 to 20 players are active COVID cases, which is strange given what Houston has already gone through. But there are so many unknowns about who's going to show up on both sides of the ball. You brought up some key names for BYU. Man, it would be such a shot in the arm if BYU could have James Empey back directing that offensive line and the comfort zone that goes with that experience. Jake Oldroyd, I think he's going to have an impact, a big impact tonight, especially if this game is close. BYU is going to need him to come through and be Jake the make like he has been all season. Tristan Hodge, still a question mark. And who knows what other key players for BYU could be dealing with things that haven't been revealed yet. That's what's so strange and Frankly, it's a little disconcerting. It's, it's almost uncomfortable to think about, all right, well, who's going to be able to show up? And are there any other COVID cases that we don't know about? BYU has chosen not to reveal those. So there are so many unknowns on both sides of the ball. I'll, I'll be interested to see who is warming up tonight and countdown to kickoff is the one place that we can keep you up to date to the minute of who is available for tonight's game on both sides of the ball. And we buried the lead. Uh, Jake Hatch of, uh, you know, 1280 The Zone, The Zone Sports Network, Salt Lake, reported last night on Twitter that Kairos Tonga is out with a non-COVID injury uh, or illness tonight. That's a big deal. That's a big deal uh, that Kairos Tonga reportedly will miss the game tonight. Yeah, I mean, BYU is going to have to defend the speed of Houston, and one of the best ways to defend a very speedy, athletic, explosive offense is to get pressure on the quarterback. That starts and ends with Kairos Tonga up front. Houston... Up to this point, until they find, they found out that he's injured, I'm sure was game planning to double-team him on every potential coverage and every look that BYU would throw at them. So this is they're going to have to make an adjustment without Kairos there. Who steps up? I mean, this, this is a huge storyline for the front of BYU, and this will change the defensive plan for Elisa Tuiaki and all of the defensive coaches at BYU. Yeah, so, I mean, you're right. Uh, we talk about... Jake Oldroyd and, and James Empey and the offense and scoring points. We think BYU will be fine there, but what does the BYU defense do to defend specifically the speed of Houston if they can't get pressure on the quarterback with Kyrus Tonga? Now we're talking about guys like Caden Hawes coming into the mix, and BYU is going to need a Brackenell Bakri, who we'll talk to later on the show, to really step up. Tyler Batty to rediscover the magic he had under uh, the Friday Night Lights against Louisiana Tech when he had three sacks. Yeah, they're, they're going to need some players to make a big difference tonight, and I don't know where it's going to come from. Plus, Lorenzo Faltea is out for the year. That would have been a guy you would have plugged into that spot, right? So that's a big deal. Now, it is the air raid. The ball's coming out quick. So I don't know that Kairos Tunga would have been as big of a factor in this game versus a traditional offense if BYU faced them. So I, I'm not sure the impact that that, that – would make in that regard, but when Kyrus gets a first down stop and it's a loss of one and now Houston's behind the chains, that's where the impact comes. Because he hadn't been uh, getting into the backfield on, say, the passing downs, and sometimes we always pull him out anyway. But yeah, you talked about the speed, and let's address that. The ball gets out quick, and there's, there's some talented receivers. We're going to talk about Marquez Stevenson in a minute, but it's not just him. Keith Corbin, Jeremy Singleton, Trayvon Bradley, Bryson Smith. These guys can play, and Clayton Toon in that first game showed that he, he can sling it. And Daniel Holgerson has a history of this with Brandon Whedon and Geno Smith and these guys. So 
Houston's offense is going to rip it uh, all over the field. 49 points despite five turnovers. Like, I, I look at that and I go, oh, boy, BYU's got to bring it on defense. Yeah, the secondary is going to be tested for sure. And you bring up a valid point uh, in the air raid attack. If the ball's coming out quick, it, it is tough for guys like Kyrus to really make an impact. He's just such a force in there that he makes the quarterback feel uncomfortable and maybe makes him rush it a little bit more when he's trying to get the ball out extra fast. It just gives the defense a half second more to adjust when you have a force like that on the line. And Houston, trust me, they're going to try and exploit this. Five turnovers and you still score 49 points. <laughs> Has that ever happened in the history of college football? It's crazy. That, that is wild, right? Um, and uh, I, I like the, the battle of the wide receivers. And you got BYU who has two legitimate threats to go over 100 yards in any given game from Gunnar Romney and Dax Milton. And then Marquez Stevenson uh, leads the core that you just talked about, Jerem. So athletes, speed all over the field. That's going to be one of the funner matchups to watch tonight. Romney and Stevenson makes you wonder who's going to have the better night between these two guys. Romney has proven it more significantly, at least through four games. Stevenson's only had one chance. So we're, we're making this assumption based off one game that we've seen from him, but you have to feel pretty confident that Stevenson's going to be a consistent guy for Houston all year. Plus, Stevenson had a 97-yard kickoff return for a touchdown, which is incredible. His third career uh, return for a touchdown. But Gunnar Romney's not the only 100-yard guy or notable guy. In fact, that brings us to a significant stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU's one of two FBS schools with a 300-yard passer, a 100-yard receiver, and a 90-yard rusher. These are per-game averages. The other is Alabama. Alabama. So Mac Jones and Jalen Waddell, they actually have two other receivers who average 100, by the way. Incredible. Well, when you play the Ole Miss defense, I guess that happens. And then Najee Harris, who took two unofficial visits here, by the way. Pretty fun. So, yeah, Gunnar Romney is a, a big weapon for that. How good is Houston? Like, they looked really good like we talked about. You, you cough it up five times, you're minus five, and then you still score 49 and you were down 17-1. and one. Tulane did lose to Navy, and BYU beat Navy by 52, so transitive properties. BYU's going to win this game. I don't see it like that, but we've only seen one game of Houston. I'm intrigued. It only adds to uh, the context of the game for sure because Houston is very anxious to get on the field again and play a game. And reading in the local, uh, I didn't read the actual paper. I read an yeah, online well, yeah, what's paper that? in Houston because an actual paper doesn't exist anymore, <laughs> I don't think. But I've been reading articles down here uh, in, in the Houston area, and the, the overwhelming feeling from the Houston players is we're just so happy that we get to play another game after having five different games affected in some way by COVID. They got on the field against Tulane, and they're amped. I mean, they, they understand that BYU has a significant national spotlight on them. They're very aware of the Cougars' national ranking and of Zach Wilson, the quarterback. So, Because they've had to sit back and watch a team like BYU continue to just climb and, and go through the ranks. So th- this is uh, – it's a sneaky game for sure because I expect Houston to come out with all of that juice in front of fans and in their home stadium and play at a high level early. It just kind of feels like one of those games where BYU has to 
kind of uh, withhold or, or withstand the, the early emotion of the game and just settle in and do their thing. Yeah, BYU's the favorite. BYU's the ranked team coming in, so uh, this should be fun. The last time a, a ranked non-conference team went to Houston and played, uh, Louisville was the team. Lamar Jackson was sacked 11 times. So let's hope that BYU fares better than Louisville did in that one a couple of years ago. Much more coming up with Spencer Linton uh, from Houston. Our question of the day, what's the top storyline going into tonight's BYU-Houston game? Let's go to the voice of the nation. This is The Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Josh Gibbons on Twitter. Turnovers. BYU can win the turnover battle and limit simple mistakes. I think the Cougs will get the win. That didn't work out for Tulane so much, so I think it might even be more than that. BYU's only taken the ball away four times this year. BYU is, uh, you know, plus one in fumbles, plus two in picks, plus three overall. So that's a good number, but they might need more than that. I wonder if the offensive line will uh, impose its will and that. That won't be as big of a deal. But, Spencer, what's coming up? Uh, Well, I'm glad you asked, Jerem, because uh, we're all asking, is tonight's game one of the most important in BYU football history, specifically in the independence era? It might be the most important. And what do we know about Houston? The voice of the other Cougars joins us to preview the matchup as BYU Sports Nation continues from Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Houston. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us tonight, 8.30 Eastern on BYU TV and the free BYU TV app is Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and Spencer Linton live from Houston. Bring it to you on Countdown to Kickoff. They'll get you ready for the matchup of the Cougars. This is BYU Sports Nation. Spencer's in Houston. He'll join us in the next segment. I'm Jerem Jordan from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Fun show we have today on a game day, by the way. Awesome. Let's go. We're at the stadium because why not? So it's the BYU Cougars. It's the Houston Cougars. Let's get the voice of the other Cougars. Kevin Eschenfelder on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline to help us understand who BYU is playing tonight because Houston tried to play five different openers, uh, different games postponed or canceled. We saw the two-lane game. It was very impressive. Kevin, thanks for joining us. What do you think of Houston so far through one game? Uh, well, I'd say through three quarters. How about that? Because, uh, I, you know, last time out, after going through all that they went through, and I really commend these kids for being able to stick with it the way they did. I mean, they had the rug pulled out of them, out from under them before the Baylor game, literally 22 hours before kickoff. Uh, you know, the North Texas game was canceled early. Memphis game was canceled. Obviously, the other games were just – we knew going in they weren't going to play Rice or Washington State. But the fact that you get amped up for a game and then you get it, you get it taken away, it's not easy to to come back from that and be ready to play. They weren't ready to play when the game started. They had the three turnovers well documented. Hey, I mean, Tulane had 14 points and had had a three and out. That's all they had had on offense. <laughs> that was a pick six. And then, you know, Cougars went down and scored. Then when they got the ball back the next time, a fumble in the end zone. So they had two defensive touchdowns before really uh, anybody got going in the stadium before the popcorn ever got a chance to, to, to get cold. But, uh, you know, you look at it, I think once you once they uh, finished with getting the – getting the jitters out, uh, they were the dominant team, and they were so much better. They scored on two long drives right before the end of the first half, and I thought that was really the difference because it was 24-21 at that point. Tulane was ahead by three, and I think everybody in the stadium, including everybody on the Tulane sideline, knew that that game was over. So it took a while for them to get going, but once they did, you know, it's hard. 
I mean, I don't know how many times you're going to win a game and being minus five in the turnover category, but they did a lot of good things. Uh, held uh, held Tulane to, to less than 200, right at 250 yards of total offense. Uh, you know, they held a, a team that had rushed for 100 yards in a game, 56 consecutive games to only 70 yards rushing. So they did a lot of good things defensively, and uh, they were very versatile, very uh, balanced offensively with the run and the pass. I want to break down more of this matchup, but I'm just w- noticing uh, your crib there, your man cave. You got the killer bees. You got the Hakeem Olajuwon. You got the Oilers. That, that is some legit swag there, man. <laughs> well, I've been lucky enough for the last almost uh, – well, 25 years to be the, the pre and post game show host for both the Rockets and the Astros. And I, I do play by some play by play for the Astros as well. So uh, yeah, I've gotten a chance to over the years to, you know, just basically you, you get to know some of the people you grew up watching play. And uh, so I've been, I've been very fortunate and very blessed in that regard. Yeah. And it's a, a busy night, of course, with, uh, you know, game six coming up Astros race tonight and uh, Daryl Morey, uh, you know, seven down. So a lot going on, a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, in, in well, you think right about now. Think about all the with the uh, with Daryl Morey stepping down yesterday. Who, if you don't know, that's the Rockets general manager. But uh, not if you don't know. If, if our viewers don't know, that's the Rockets general manager. So now you've lost the three teams here in the city of Houston have lost their head coaches and general managers all in the last twelve months. So it's a it's a clean sweep, right? Right. Texans, uh, yeah, fired the head coach a couple weeks ago as well. So okay, let's talk more about the Cougars and Cougars. Yeah. So. BYU comes in uh, looking pretty good, uh, 4-0, number 14. The oh, offense yeah. is rocking. Defense has done uh, well against the teams they've played, one of which is a fellow American opponent in Navy in game one. So what's your perception of BYU? Oh, man. Uh, Zach Wilson is just fantastic. Uh, they're huge up front. It's the same thing you always see with BYU. Very mature, very physical. Uh, but, you know, the kid under center, number one or under center, a kid taking snaps, he, he may be a difference maker. I just I love the way he improvises. Uh, I just watching the UTSA game the other day. You know, he had a shuttle pass, you know, kind of the, the option pitch, but instead doing it forward, he had one of those passes. He'll drop down, throw it, sidearm, whatever he needs to do, get it around a defender. What amazes me the most about him is when I looked at his passing percentage, and first of all, becomes the first guy, what Ty Detmer was the only one that was even closer, was the uh, – he had a thousand yards passing and only 73 attempts, whatever the case may be. And, yep. and that, that's a big number. And uh, that's an accurate passer. And when he was throwing 81%, I'm thinking it's going to be, you know, bubble screens and set this guy up and crossing patterns for six yards uh, at a time. This guy's throwing the ball downfield. That impressed me. Defensively, they're always so tough and so well disciplined and, and well coached. And, and I think that anybody and everybody on the the Houston, the, the the Red Cougar side of things, that they all know that all too well, and know that they're going to have to play a really, really good game to to stay in there and, and and try to win this game tonight. Yeah, how are you going to play that tonight with the double Cougars thing? You going to say the Red Cougars? No, I think we'll we'll figure something out. I'm going to always <laughs> do. Yeah, you know, I had to say it seems like you know if you're not playing BYU, you're playing Washington State, so it's one of the two. It's uh, it, you, you know, it, it works itself out. We talked about Zach Wilson. Let's talk about Clayton Toon. So, obviously, there was a lot of drama early in the season last year with uh, De'Aaron King. Oh, he's going to redshirt. He transfers. Now, Clayton Toon's the guy. And Dana Holgerson is a quarterback whisperer. He's had some tremendous quarterbacks in the past. Brandon Whedon and uh, uh, Geno King, uh, uh, Smith, excuse me, and and several others. So, what's the next step for Clayton Toon? What's his evolution like right now? I think that, uh, you know, he took a step in the right direction the other day. They love, I mean, they really do. First of all, I would say, you know, I understand what you mean by drama, but 
I don't think uh, there was ever, Derek was fully intending, I believe, to stay at the University of Houston. Uh, you know, I think he got some advice outside and, and there is not a person in that building that doesn't wish that young man all the best. And, beca- and, and there's nothing, nobody in that building that didn't become a Miami fan as soon as he transferred because he is a wonderful kid, a wonderful kid that got his degree and earned the right to go wherever he wanted to go. And, and I think everybody, every, everybody appreciated him for all of that. He's a great guy. And I just wanted to say that off the top. But, but Clayton soon, I think, is a very, very talented kid. What I appreciate about Clayton is that, you know, he has waited his turn, bided his time, stood over and, and learned a lot. Uh, he is, uh, he's not unlike Zach Wilson. He is very athletic. I mean, he's a kid that can beat you with his feet. They don't want him. They don't want him beating people with his feet, but he can also beat you with his arm. And, uh, you know, you, you see that when you watch every down that he, every snap that he's taken, you see how much he has grown as a player and, and the, the maturity level and, and the game, you can almost see the game slowing down. He's one of those kids. You can see that the game has slowed down a whole lot from where he was uh, a year ago. And let's face it. He's got a lot more weapons around him this year than he did uh, in the last two years. So that, 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 that tends to help a whole lot. Absolutely. I should mention Will Greer as well at West Virginia. He was absolutely a uh, yep. Heisman finalist. He was awesome. Uh, talking to Kevin uh, Eschenfelder, voice of the Cougars of Houston. Uh, last year, Houston 4-8, and eight, obviously an off year. Uh, Derek King redshirting part of that. Some injuries, some Power 5 guys sitting out who are back in the secondary. What's the expectation for this team this year, especially after Game 1? If, uh, if I had to give you an expectation, I would say, I don't, I mean, not to ride the fence on this, I don't think anybody knows because of the whole – craziness of the season I you know I I think Cincinnati is clearly the team to beat in this conference but if they get continue to get better the way they went from the first quarter to the second quarter to the third to the fourth they can stay healthy uh you know I think the expectations are very high for this team uh but I just think it's such a weird season you know I mean look at you guys schedule I mean when have we ever been in a college remember that I was talking about how these schedules could never be changed because they were you know, they're set five years in advance. Well, you know what? <laughs> Let's face it. BYU could be playing somebody four weeks for five weeks from now that, that wasn't you didn't even think about. So uh, it's just a weird year. So I, I, I'm not skirting the question. I just don't know what the expectations are. They look very good. They're so much more talented. They're so much better coached. Uh, I think last year was the, the break an egg to make an omelet type of a season uh, for a coach that was taking over a program. He redshirted a lot of kids. Uh, he had some kids transferred that had to sit out. So – uh, you know, they're much more talented. You know, are they going to be able to put it all together in a short period of time? You know, time will tell. But uh, but I do think they're a lot better team, obviously, than they were a year ago. Yeah, after we saw 4-8, and eight, we thought, no, that's not typical Houston Cougar football. No. This is a, a good group of five team, right, and a team that, uh, you know, uh, was competing for in NBCS games previously. So let, let's talk about this. Houston and BYU, in addition to having the same nickname, uh, with the Cougar, feel connected in the Power Five dialogue of expansion every time. Do you feel like these are two of the top candidates? Should there be expansion in twenty three and twenty four? Maybe. Yeah, I think so, and I think you could also probably throw uh, Cincinnati into that mix as well. That's, a, that's the program that stayed. Uh, you know, Houston's always going to have BYU has such a natu- uh, national reach. Obviously, uh, uh, that's something that they have going for them. Because I think you have to look beyond what. Both of these programs, they have poured tons of money. I know, speaking on behalf of the U of H, they they poured tons of money into their their program. They've improved their facilities. Uh, their facilities are, you know, they're on par with with just about anybody else, uh, anybody else around. So, uh, 
yeah, that's part of it. And um, you also have to throw in the fact that this is the fourth largest city in the country. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, uh, you know, the only, only, you know, New York, Los Angeles and Chicago are the only cities bigger than Houston, Texas. So that is something that obviously comes into play when you start looking outside, uh, outside the actual realm of football, but for all the, all the, all the sports, but, uh, that's something you got to think about. Uh, BYU has that national appeal. As I said, they're always going to have fans, no matter where they are, there'll be a lot of Cougar fans in blue tonight. Uh, you know, because the city is so big and, and so diverse that there's a lot of, a lot of BYU fans here in this city as well. So I think that, uh, you know, both of them should be very well deserving of being considered into that group as well. But SMU certainly improved their program. Cincinnati's one of those. And I'm sure there's others that I haven't thought about. Memphis is another one as well. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Okay. Regarding the matchup tonight, let's, uh, let's wrap with this. Uh, what will win or lose the game in your opinion for one of these teams? Well, I'll tell you, first of all, if Houston is minus five in the <laughs> turnover category, they'll get beat by 28 points. <laughs> that's just by, that's, you know, and, and like most teams in the country would. You know, uh, I think Houston's got some banged up players that are going to be game time decisions. And that's going to be big uh, as far as, uh, you know, you got you guys have such a good receiving core. You know, Milne is such a good route runner and, and uh, you know, Romney who can, who can hurt you in a lot of different ways. So they're going to need the, the defensive backfield to be healthy. But uh, yeah, it comes down to it comes down it comes down to turnovers. What I was really impressed with Houston the other day against Tulane was how physical they were, and that's something that we didn't always see with this U of H team. And uh, they were physical up front because Tulane is a pretty physical team up front. That's really that's kind of the the, the hallmark of their team uh, running game and, and being you know having big guys up front. You guys though are at a different level. We'll see how that plays out. I think you know I don't want to get all old school but uh you know who can control the line of scrimmage is obviously it's going to be a, a big part of it and and uh, Houston did a really good job the other day kind of working away from pass rush and things like that and that's something they're obviously going to have to do again Kevin we appreciate the time have a great call tonight and uh if it approximates anything like 2013 it'll be a classic yeah that was uh, that was a good <laughs> one uh, hopefully this time at least for speaking for the guys in red it, it flips the other way with the score but hey I appreciate you guys having me thanks Kevin we appreciate it that's Kevin uh, Eschenfelder on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how the other voice of the Cougars. Great stuff from Kevin. We appreciate it. Okay, coming up, Spencer Linton goes one-on-one with Bracken L. Bakri. I'm guessing Bracken's going to win that matchup. But first, in our BYU Hoop starting five, 40 days out, who do we have? This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Tonight, Cougar Pregame Live gets going at 7.30 Eastern on BYU Radio and the BYU Radio app with Greg Rebell, Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens. I've heard that Jason Shepard's also involved. 7.30 Eastern on BYU Radio. He is Spencer. I am Jerem. This is BYU Sports Nation live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It's a crisp morning. Coldest day in Houston, by the way, since April today. It's been in the 90s. It's cooled down a little bit, so... Good news for BYU, but let's whip it. Cook Whip Round presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Let's bring Spencer Linton back in to get us going in the whip. Jeremy, let's start with this brain buster. Is tonight a top five game in importance in the history of BYU football's independence era? Uh, We love uh, hyperbole, right, and uh, superlatives and whatnot. Um, I think yes. If BYU is going to try and make a New Year's Six, and let's be honest, the way BYU's schedule, 
This is the only year they're ever going to have a shot at this. So, yes, uh, I would argue it's the most important because if BYU doesn't beat Houston, uh, the Boise State game's not going to matter as much. San Diego State game's not going to matter as much. So, yes! It certainly feels massive. Um, there are a few other ones I want to point out in terms of the feeling of BYU fans going into the game. Notably, 2012, when BYU had Oregon State and Notre Dame back-to-back, that felt big That's in what Independence. Oregon, Oregon like, State was sense- a top-ten team for context. Yes, and it was the blackout in Provo. Yeah. Like You could sense the opportunity there for BYU, and then they went to South Bend and played Notre Dame to a three-point game on the road the following week. Unfortunately, didn't get either of those wins, but going into those games, it, it, it felt big. And then how about the Vegas Bowl 2015? That also is in the running. BYU-Utah, that re- happened. I don't remember that one. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm sorry to bring it back up, but, man, the, the hype, the buildup. You jumped in a pool of 45-degree water for crying out loud before massive that mistake. game. Yeah, that, that, that's the kind of hype that we're talking about. But, yeah, certainly this game, I mean, you got to go back to 2014 when BYU was 4-0. The last time they had Taysom Hill, Heisman hype, all that stuff. And it just it, it feels massive tonight for sure. So it's definitely top five. With the reported absence of Kyrus Tonga due to a non-COVID illness or injury, who will be the most impactful BYU defender? I think it's probably going to be from the linebacking core, and I really like Peyton Wilgar, especially if BYU is going to have to drop eight. I felt like Peyton Wilgar did some really nice things against air raid attacks, specifically USC last year. He had three interceptions to lead BYU, so watch out for Peyton Wilgar to cause some problems for Houston's air raid offense. I agree. He will have an interception tonight. Calling it right now. Mm. Okay. Then we move to this. Jamal Williams, and we talked about this earlier in the show, Jerem, always good for a soundbite or two, when he was a guest on Game on Wisconsin, and I paraphrase, was asked if Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers were the GOAT, and I quote, I'm pretty sure my quarterback knows what fourth down is. You know what I mean? So throwing shade at Tom Brady for crying out loud. Will Jamal's comments on Tom Brady come back to haunt him in some way, Jerem? Well, if the Packers lose, yes. Uh, but Tom Brady already has six titles and uh, dated, uh, married a Brazilian supermodel. I think he's won. I think he's won. He's the GOAT. But, uh, no, Jamal's a free agent after this year. I don't, if he's not going to sign with the Bucks, I don't see like I don't see an issue. It's fine. It's all in good fun. And uh, I, I doubt that Tom Brady is concerned about what Green Bay's second string running back is saying. <laughs> we do in love Jamal, of though. his quarterback. We do love Jamal. Okay, what's the chance Sione Takitaki and the Browns are in first place on Monday night? Uh, in their under 5%, Jeremy. Un- under 5%. Uh, I think the Steelers are the real deal this year. Uh, Big Ben is playing at a super high level. I like Cleveland. I think that they are doing some really nice things, but... To me, this is the toughest game that they're going to have played all year. So I, I do not see Cleveland coming out as the winner and being in first place of the division after they play the Steelers. Yeah, I think the Steelers will win as well. Five and a half point favorites against the Browns at home. 40 days until NCAA basketball begins. Incredible. The hype is real. I mean, you watched BYU practice earlier this week. It was really fun. So, because you had a courtside seat, who is your starting five for BYU basketball right now? Okay, I go the ABBA backcourt, Alex Parcello, Brandon Averett. And then I go big with, uh, you know, Matt Harms and and, uh, Harward. 
but Richard Harwood, but I don't know who's going to play the three. Uh, you got Trevin Nell, you got Connor Harding, you got Caleb Lohner, you got Gideon George. I don't know yet, dude. I think I'm confident on the four of those spots. Yeah, that's the big question, right, is who's going to play at that three spot. Right now I have Connor Harding there because I feel like he has the experience and the trust of the coaches maybe a little bit more than some of the other younger guys. But that can change very quickly. Yeah. So for me, it's it's the same five as you, just with Connor Harding in as the three. He's coming back from an injury and wasn't full contact with six weeks to go. So we need to see him recover first. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, so here's I have. Can I can, can I throw in a bonus question really quick here? I don't what think do you, so. What are you? What, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I won't do it. They're like, go to break. We'll, we'll, we'll push on. We'll push on. <laughs> Okay, what's coming up, brother? All right. Uh, who's going to be the first to 100 yards tonight in prop picks? Because there are a bunch of athletes from Houston and BYU that could get there first. We'll and, dive down that hole. And why Brackenell Bakery may be worse at Know the Foe than the two of us. This is BYU Sports Nation from Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Houston, Texas. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hey, BYU softball is back at Gale Miller Field on Saturday. An intra-squad scrimmage you can watch it live on the BYU TV app at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Jerem Jordan on the call. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. I'm Spencer Linton live in Houston, Texas, ready for the Battle of the Cougars tonight. I went one-on-one with defensive lineman Brackenell Bakri recently on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline and began a very entertaining conversation, to no one's surprise, with Bracken, asking the question of the season thus far, really. That is, how is the team preparing for Houston while dealing with this influx of national hype? As you, guys, as you know, we've played a lot of teams that are ranked, and we've beaten a lot of teams that are ranked, highly ranked. And going into those games, we're always saying, man, these guys ain't nothing. Rankings don't mean anything. You know, we play some of these teams we're like, who have they played? They, this is garbage. There's bad ranking, you know, and then we go and we beat them. So I, I personally, if you're asking me personally, no, I don't, I don't think it's a distraction because it's so, sometimes those, those numbers can be inflated when we play other teams. So why should we, why should we, you know, we should, we should look past them. So, now you're the team that is ranked and the UTSAs of the world and the Houston's and Western Kentucky's and Texas States are now looking at BYU as, oh, look who they've played. We can handle those guys. You know you're going to get everyone's best shot. How do you prepare for that mentally? Um, yeah, I think uh, they're act- there's, I don't think there's that big of a difference going in when we were walking into Wisconsin and when we're walking into Houston. Um, from the outside perspective, you're like, oh, now these guys are the underdogs and they're the overdogs or they're the overdog and they're the underdog. Uh, with this team and with, with these guys, and I can speak especially for the defensive line, um, we, walk into, we walk into each game you know, with the same mindset and the same mentality. We're always the overdog no matter what the outside people say. We're really – I mean, we're, we're a bad group of guys. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question or not, but – Hey, you, you play with the favorite mentality. I, I like that. Um, at Houston this Friday, and you'll be playing in front of fans for the first time this season. 25% capacity in a brand new stadium, so 10,000-ish fans. 
I imagine a few BYU fans are going to sneak in there. What are you anticipating with the crowd on Friday night? Yeah, it's going to be great. I think I think the whole team's excited for it. I think it's going to be a really good, great thing. I served my mission in Dallas. Uh, a lot of these guys served in Houston, so we've we've been down there. We've lived we've lived down there. We got a lot of friends there. I think I think people's families that can go are going to want to go because they haven't been able to. So you're going to see a lot of blue. Hopefully, uh, I think I think you'll be surprised. But it's going to be it's going to be a great time. I mean, there's nothing there's nothing like here in the crowd, and it's going to be a really good addition. I think too to our to our victory BYU has seemed to thrive in road environments um when the crowd is especially hostile why is that um you know I I don't know it could be a culture thing but uh I mean if you look at you look at where some of these guys have come from uh and you look at some of the guys on the team uh and and we kind of we kind of like we kind of crave that like uh that mentality of like we'll prove you wrong and we'll, we'll overcome uh, if you, I mean, if you look at the story of the church, that's been the whole story, right? Just overcome the next obstacle, the next army, the next whatever they send at us. Um, yeah, I think we play really well because it's exciting. Some some people, um, when they come to a they come to something that's like hard in their life, there's the same uh, like anticipation and like being nervous is the exact same feeling as being excited. Like your body feels it the exact same way. It's just about how your mind interprets it. It's like if your mind interprets it one way, then you're excited. And if it interprets it the other way, then you're nervous. But it's the same feeling. And and these players on this team, and you you know that, you see us, you see us play all the time. We we choose the other way. We're always excited to have a have a challenge. The bigger, the better, the 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 meaner, the uglier, whatever. We we enjoy that. Sports psychology one oh one with Bracken Al Bakri <laughs> on BYU Sports Nation. Yeah, man, let's keep this thing rolling. Um, Houston has a lot of speed, a lot of athleticism. They turned the ball over five times and still scored 49 points yes. in their season opening when it gets too late. Yes, what concerns they did. you most about the Cougars in red on Friday night? Are they, is that their, their models their, or their mascots, the Cougar as well? They're, they're the Cougars. They just wear red. You're kidding me. I didn't, I actually did not know that. Um, man, in little league, we used to like really care about the mascots. You remember that? It was like, <laughs> like it really mattered. Who they're mad? It's like, come on, tigers eat horses. We should win this game. Like it should, it shouldn't matter. But I just remember when literally it was like the most important thing. I go, these guys are Vikings. I mean, that's Vikings pretty good. I don't know if a tiger can beat a Viking. Um, going back to your question, uh, what was your question? Sorry, <laughs> it doesn't matter. That was an amazing answer. Uh, for, for one, the Cougars versus Cougars is an intriguing aspect, right? Okay, yeah. Okay, so. They scored 49 points. Right. Okay, what, I'm back. I'm back. What, what, can, what concerns you most about their explosive offense? Yeah, they're, they're a really good offense. I mean, they scored every time they had the ball that they didn't give it, give it away, you know, which is, which is the telltale sign of a really good offense. Um, I think we're, we're preparing for a lot of things. We're preparing to, to be ready for anything that they can throw at us. Um, you, when you're playing a team, you gotta, you got to recognize what they want to do, but then you also got to recognize what they've, what they've seen done to you and what they're going to try to do. So we're also taking that into account as a defense. Um, we need to make sure we keep their quarterback bottled up. We don't want him running around. If you, if you watched the game, you saw that you know their, their offense was put in positions where they were third and long, and, and this guy who doesn't look, maybe doesn't look like you know, uh, one of the faster – quarterbacks he and he ran for for a lot of yards so I think we I think personally as a defensive lineman and as a defense that's one of the things we need to focus on is is making sure that we have a good quarterback trap we keep him in there 
um, and that we're ready for him to, to, to scramble under pressure. No question. When you get pressure with those three and four man fronts, it makes everything better for the defense. That said, you're going to have to do it without one of your boys, Lorenzo Fawate, who unfortunately is going to sit out the rest of the season. How do you make amends for losing a big piece like that? Yeah. Um, first of all, with, with Lorenzo, it's emotional for the defensive line. We, we really love him. He's, he's a big part of our defensive line. Um, and you guys know that he's in, in high pressure situations and, and really important situations. We want him in the game. He's, he's a good football player. So that it hurts us emotionally. First of all, um, we're going to have to make up for it. We're going to have to, to take some of the chances that Zoe would have taken um, and, and try to make those plays. But uh, we're, we're going to come back. A, a defensive line isn't one person. It's, it's not just Zoe. It's not just Kyrus. It's not just me or Batty or anybody else. We're a unit. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's sad to see him go. I hope to see him back before the end of the season. I, I think he'll be surprised. I hope he'll be surprised. Um, he's a good football player, and, and it, does, it does hurt us, but we'll, we'll, we'll overcome. Why do you feel like BYU is going to show up and play a better overall game against Houston compared to what happened against UTSA last Saturday? Yeah, I mean it's easy. It's easy to look at the the score of the game and and feel like uh, and feel like it was tight and that we didn't play well. Um, but I I just don't think that's the case. I mean we had a couple of a couple of botched plays. If you if you take those out, um, and they were mistakes. I'm not saying they weren't mistakes. Um, but if you take those out, it's it's a sick. It, they scored six points, you know. So and nothing against UTSA. They they played their hearts out. I'm not I'm not trying to say that, but um, we clean up. We clean up three or four mistakes, and, and that game's exactly what you guys all expected it to be. So I definitely wouldn't be like, oh, the last week was, was really tight, and what's going to happen now? Are you guys going to play a better game? We played a great football game. You watch the tape. Everybody graded out really well. We had a couple of mistakes, and, and, and they started up front when we were jumping off sides, first and foremost. And we'll, and we'll get that right, and we'll be more disciplined. Bracken Elbakri with us on BYU Sports Nation. Bracken – when you take the field at Houston on Friday night and you're wearing the Royal pants and white tops and helmets with gray face masks, I mean, this is a throwback to the seventies. How do you expect it to feel? Because a lot of guys say, look good, feel good, play good. Are you in that category? I mean, anyone that's seen me on campus knows that I'm not in that category. <laughs> Anybody that's seen the way I dress up for the games knows that I'm not in that category. My wife is always like, why do you wear that stuff? Like, everybody looks cool. Why don't you look cool? Like, everybody puts the armbands on and, and, and wears the cutoffs so their arms are pumping. I don't know if you've ever – you probably don't notice, but I always wear the long sleeve tees. I wear the long tights. I wear the big knee pads and thigh pads. You know, I <laughs> rarely do my hair. We don't, I hope my mom doesn't see that. I, do, I mean, I do do my hair. It is cut. But, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not in that category. But for the guys that are, I hope we play well because of it. Fair enough. I love that response. And uh, before you go, just so you know, the mascots upcoming are the Texas State Bobcats after you <laughs> face the Houston Cougars and the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. So prepare oh yourself for that one. Hilltoppers. <laughs> wow. Well, okay. Would you? I don't even know. Is that a person? Is it a house? What are they like a like a homestead? Like they're on the top of the hill? I'm gonna have some? to do some. Re I'm gonna have to do some research on that one before I You'll can have accurately to. answer that. <laughs> <laughs> Bracken, great to talk to you, man. Best of luck in Houston. Take some BYU Sports Nation karma, extend it to your uh, defensive brethren, and we'll see you in uh, Houston on Friday. Thank you.
Brackenell Bakery, one of a kind for sure. On the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, Deseret First, you know why we show how. Coming up on BYU Sports Nation, our rise and shout out and prop picks for a Friday night game. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation from Provo in Houston. It's time for Prop Picks, presented by Tim Daly Ford, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Jason up 15 to my 14 to Spencer's 12. Spencer in Houston, number one. Go fast, go hard, a dish. More rushing touchdowns, Zach Wilson, or the BYU running backs. Come on. Oh, I'm going to take the field of running backs for sure. Who you got? I got the running backs as well. So does Jason. Number two. Will either team have a double-digit lead at some point in the game? Yes. This is easy to me. I think I'm two for two thus far. Yes and yes. We all agree. Number three. Who will be the first to 100 on Friday? Katoa, Algier, Romney, Milne, or Houston receiver Marquez Stevens? I'm going to take a risk here. I think it's going to be Tyler Algier running the ball first to 100, Jerem. I go Stevenson, and Jason says Romney. Number four, more or less 62 points scored combined. That's the over-under. More. I would be shocked if this game is not high-scoring and a little bit of a shootout. I think it'll get messy less. Jason agrees with me. And last but not least, over-under, two spots. BYU will move up or down in the AP poll on Sunday. Under. There just aren't that many opportunities for teams above BYU to lose, and I don't think BYU is going to lose, so under. I say under as well. Jason says over. Our question of the day, the elite voice of the day, uh, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Uh, how does the D-line hold up without Tonga is the, uh, the answer to our question of the day. How does rushing for plus get pressure impact the back end of the defense? So we'll see how that uh, affects BYU. Today's Rise and Chat Out presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward, who gets it, Spence? Uh, I want to give it to Cosmo, the goat of mascots. Happy birthday, man. Yeah, I love it. Apparently, every prominent figure in BYU sports right now has an October birthday. And, Jeremy, you have an October birthday coming up. Yeah, it's later. Whatever. So does my wife. Good stuff, man. (laughs) Thanks to today's guests, Kevin Eschenfelder and Brackenell Backery. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Sorry to Dennis Pitt no time. For Spencer in Houston, I'm Jeremy Provo. Shout out to Mike Leach. See you tonight for Countdown to Kickoff at 8.30 Eastern. Go Cougs!